Welcome to episode 40 of C3 Crystals, Cauldrons, and Cocktails. I am River Kane, and today I'm going to talk about another witch tool, witch bells. So also, since in bulk is right around the corner, I'm going to remind a little bit, uh, everybody a little bit about that as well. First, I have to tell you guys what I'm drinking. I call this one First Light, and it's an honor of in bulk. It's brandy, tangerine lacroix lemon juice, candied orange peel with a little of the juice from the candied oranges, and a cocktail cherry. I'm still tweaking it, but I think it's pretty good. You can definitely substitute triple sec instead of using the LaCroix if you like things a bit sweeter. I think Ren would probably do that, but I like more dry type of drinks, uh, less sweet. So that's what I've done. And it, it's pretty tasty. And I apologize in advance because advance, as you can tell, I have been tasting just a little bit. Okay. So what are witch bells? A witch bell is a bell that's often used in casting spells or in other rituals or meditations. It's thought that the bell can ward off evil. One reason is that evil spirits supposedly can't tolerate the sound. They're also said to ward off negativity in your home or on your altar. A bell that is used by a witch for rituals, spells, divination, or even as an altar symbol. That's another definition. Many witches have a bell among their tools. Actually, a lot of witches have more than one bell uh, since each can be used for a different purpose. So every rich witch, wow, every witch has their own personal use of the bell. It can be hung or it can be carried. It can be worn around the neck like a necklace. Um, It can be carried as a guide to where they're going in the night or as a means of communication with other witches. They can be hung on a door so that when the door opens, it jingles, and that will keep bad spirits or vibes from entering your home. They can be any kind of bell, like from the jingle bells that you think of at Christmas to a bell with a handle to a simple domed bell. Bells are are typically made of metal and consist of a hollowed out vessel like that dome with a dangling piece inside that's called a clapper or a uvula. The clapper hits the walls inside and produces a ringing sound uh, when it moves. The word bell actually translates to mean to roar or to make a loud noise. And that's where our modern word bellow came from. I'm actually thinking possibly of opening my own Etsy shop. I know we talk about Etsy all the time. And um, I've had some fun making some witch bells, so I might actually put those up for sale and you can hang them on a doorknob or on a nail over the door so that when the door opens, it jingles and, and cleans the vibes coming into your home. So I'll let you know and you can check it out. Um, uh, another thing that I plan to have in my shop is a portable witch altar because we've talked about altars before. So my portable altar will have an altar bell included in it as well. So I'll keep you posted on whether I do that or not. So first, let's talk about the history of witch bells. As you know, Ren and I love the history part of witchcraft. So the first bell was invented in the third millennium BC in the Neolithic China, according to Wikipedia. And we all know that that must be true. The By medieval times, the bells were a prominent tool used by churches, farms, and business owners. 
According to Judica Isles in the Encyclopedia of Witchcraft, bells derive from an ancient from ancient sacred symbols of human genitalia. The bell's body represents the vulva, while the clapper represents the penis, and sometimes the bell's body represents the womb, while the clapper inside represents the child within. Not not sure what I think about that. I know Ren would be going, "Oh no," uh, but it, it's a little. It sounds like a little bit of a overreach to me, but maybe not. Maybe that really is what they thought in the past. In the past, bells were a means of sounding an alarm um, or to gain attention to a situation. For example, soldiers at city gates would ring a large bell to let everybody know that there were invaders on the horizon or to let the town know there's a fire and everybody needed to come out. Farmers hung bells from the necks of their cattle and dogs to alert them to their animals' whereabouts. Oh, I have a joke. Why do cows wear bells? Because their horns don't work. (laughs) Okay, moving on. Attaching a bell to a door of a business allows its owner to know that someone has entered the shop. Churches have used large bells for centuries, and they use them to announce the commencement of service or celebration of holy days like Christmas, Easter, etc., They have been used as musical instruments for years as well, which that makes me think of As Above, So Below, that movie, Ren's favorite movie. And in that one scene, the main character goes to recruit an old friend of hers, and he's illegally fixing this church bell when she finds him. The bell, the church bell hadn't rung in centuries. It was broken. And he goes in there and fixes it and you know, the whole town is like astounded when the bell just starts ringing again. After 1000 AD, people started to make bells from iron. And according to European lore, iron scares off, or at the very least, agitates fairies. Uh, Did you know that another use of iron was that people would keep uh, iron horseshoes above their doorways to ward off the fae and evil spirits? In fact, I remember one folktale that says you have to hang the horseshoe upright so that the luck doesn't spill out of it. Church bells were said to scare off trickster spirits. In fact, loud sounds in general, like those from bells or chimes, were said to scare off ghosts and demonic entities. And I wonder if that's because they're made of iron or is it the actual sound that has the cleansing protective effect? It's probably both, but for me, that sound is super important. I can feel the energy, you know, I I call it energy, Ren calls it vibes, the magic around me ripple and react to a ringing bell or out on my deck where I, I, I do a lot of my magic. I have wind chimes and the sound of the sounds that the wind chimes make, I can feel an actual ripple in the energies around me or like those singing bowls, the song bowls that you rub the uh, kind of looks like a mortar and pestle to me. And the pestle part of it, you go around the edge and it makes those sounds and our chakras actually react to certain notes on the musical scale. So it could react to the sound of the bells as well, which that reminds me of another joke, which y'all are probably going to say, Oh no. And turn off the radio. Before they started using metal to make bells ring, they were using rocks and they called it Jingle Bell Rock. Ah, Okay, that was bad. Let's move on. 
In African religions and voodoo, bells and dancing were often used to invoke the gods. Shaman have long used magical bells and their rituals to chase away evil spirits. In the Middle Ages, bell ringing was believed believed to clear the air of disease and was prescribed by some doctors, actually. So bells were also used to communicate or raise the dead. And I think I know where this idea came from, actually. Being buried alive was so common in the Victorian era that people were often buried with a string attached to a bell above the ground. So that if the person woke up in a coffin, they could ring the bell and alert those that were above the ground that they were still alive. Isn't that crazy? But back then, they really didn't have a definitive way to tell if a person was dead. They didn't have stethoscopes. You know, they they couldn't tell. That's actually, you guys, where the, the term saved by the bell comes from. Isn't that cool? So as far as bells being used for summoning the dead, there was one necromantic bell that was called the Bell of Garadius. 18th century French instructions specified that the bell be cast from an alloy of gold, silver, fixed mercury, tin, iron, and lead at the exact day and hour of birth of the person who intends to use it. So for me, someone, it would have to be uh, done on the 28th of September at 11.57 in the morning for me to be able to use this bell to raise the dead. The bell would be inscribed with various astrological symbols and the magical words of Adonai, Jesus, and the tetragrammaton, or tetragrammaton, grammaton. I don't know what that is. I should have looked it up so I could tell you what it all is. The bell was then wrapped in green taffeta and placed in the middle of a grave in a cemetery. It was left there for seven days, during which time it was supposedly absorbing the vibrations and emanations, I guess, of the graveyard and the dead people. And at the end of the week, the bell was properly cured and ready for necromancy rituals. Did you know that the largest bell ever ever created is still standing? It's known as the Tsar Kolokol, the bell, which now rests safely upon a platform in the Kremlin in Moscow, Russia. It weighs over 2,000 tons, which is 4 million pounds, and it stands about 20 feet tall. It has never been rung, which can you imagine the sound that that bell would make? That's, that's crazy. And I wonder if it's never been rung, why did they make it? What was it made for? Isn't that weird? So how to use witch bells in your practice? You can use them to clear and charge crystals and other metaphysical items, um, as well as putting the bells on the door to bring good fortune into your home and to keep bad things out of your home. You can use it to invoke, vanish, or call spirits. And Wicca can be used for invoking the Wicca goddess. It is said that fairies love bells, although apparently not iron ones, so that they can be uh, used to please them and hopefully keep their mischief at bay. Just make sure it's not iron. Bells can be used to represent the element of air or water in spells, rituals, and holiday ceremonies. For energy cleansing, witch bells are popular among practitioners of witchcraft to ward off bad energy. You can cleanse your home or space without using smoke or or things like that, like using sage or incense or for like Nika, who 
doesn't like to use salt, then perhaps ringing a bell in her area would be a great way to clean out negative energies and purify her space uh, for getting ready to cast spells. A bell hung on a door is said to grant wishes and draw prosperity into the home. Bells can be used to represent, oh, I already said that, the element of air. A ringing of the bell can be used to balance the mind and is helpful for meditation or whatever chakra that the note of that bell is relates to as far as the chakras in your body. Some use the bell rather than air. It represents water because the sound waves are emulating waves uh, of, of the bell's ring. It's the same, the wave idea. A bell can be rung after casting a circle to create a bubble of protection and energy. And then you ring it after the sap, the circle has been dispersed or released, as I talked about before, uh, to disperse the remaining energy safely. Did you know that many believe that hanging a bell over an infant's crib will protect the child from ghosts and demons? I thought that was pretty cool, too. You know, with all these did you knows, I kind of feel like Tyrion Lannister from the Game of Thrones. I, I drink and I know things. At any rate, witch bells can be used for many things in your practice, the types and how you use them and when you use them are all up to your personal preference. That's all I've got on witch bells, but I would like to mention imbolc, which actually in Gaelic, it's the B is not pronounced. It's imbolc in Gaelic. At any rate, I've always called it imbolc. And it begins at sundown on January 31st and ends at sundown on February 1st. I did see some sites that say it was on February 2nd this year. I think just do your own research. Um, it is the celebration of the awakening earth. I actually have daffodils, y'all. They're coming up in my front yard right now. That's, that's just crazy to me. Um, it's a fire festival. It celebrates the home and the halfway point between winter solstice and the spring equinox. So it's actually midwinter. We're right here at midwinter. It's quite literally midwinter. And so the days are going to continue to grow lighter and lighter and lighter. But it is still dark and cold outside like right now. I'm chilled. Um, this I was watching TV earlier and I had a heated blanket on me because I was a little bit chilled. But aspiration and ambition are beginning to stir. The tiniest little bits of enthusiasm are starting to awaken beneath the surface of the earth and beneath our, the surface within us too. Goals and dreams that we've created and thought about over these long, cold nights are now being lit from the flames of midwinter. So let your creativity and imagination help manifest these things. The overall intentions and spiritual meaning of Embolc are transformation, purification, fresh beginnings, and the celebration of the return of the light, which is why I named my drink today in honor of Embolc. And Celtic society, Imbolc celebrated the lactation of the ewes or the milking of cows because milk at that time contained, well, it still contains healthy nutrients, but at that time, it was during winter months that other food supplies were very scarce. And so these dairy products and this milk was a way of surviving and nourishing the people. So Imbolc intentions you might want to, to set for this in bulk this year are creativity, awakening, introspection, 
inward focus, fresh beginnings, perseverance, patience, renewal, pureness, personal development, shifting, revision, healing, frugality, self-care, which is a huge one. I think this year in 2022, we're all just tired from COVID and from everything else. So self-care is huge, I think, for us in 2022 and youth. And as you guys know, I love my food. So of course, I like to celebrate these Sabbaths with food. So the corresponding food and drinks for this um, pagan holiday is root vegetables, dried fruits, stews, mead, fermented foods, grain, dairy, cider, herbal tea, canned foods, oats, and pancakes, which because they're round and golden like the sun that's returning. And thinking of the dairy, you know, we were talking about how goat milk and that kind of thing was very important for Imbolc. We did a patron episode just for our patrons, and I talked about ritual baths. And one of the things that is really cool about a ritual bath is if you use dairy products in it, there's different things that can come from that and honey as well, which should also be, I think, a symbol of Imbolc. So if you want to listen to that, come support us on our Patreon and you will have access to that episode. The colors of Imbolc are pastel colors, light green, which, you know, if you think about it, that's what we think of with spring. My little daffodil buds that are outside are this light green that makes me think of freshness and newness, soft pink, pale yellow, white, gold, and silver. Herbs, snowdrops, which I've never heard of a snowdrop, but this is apparently one of the first flowers to blossom and is a sign of spring that spring is on its way. For me, it's daffodils because it's up out there and I know we're going to have another thing of snow or ice come through, but I'm excited by the daffodils that are coming up. Cinnamon, cedar, rowan, angelica, sycamore, bay laurel, chamomile, dandelion, and blackberry. The symbols of Imbolc are candle flames or light, uh, seeds, the besom or the broom, which we've done an episode on the besom, if y'all want to go and listen to that, Bridget's cross, the serpent, sheep due to Imbolc's association with the used milk, white flowers, snowflakes, flowing water and springs, which represents purification, the sun wheel due to the strengthening of the sun's power, star and evergreen. So how do you want to go about and celebrate this other than a feast of food with all of those things, which is my favorite way? Uh, You can take some time to work in your grimoire or your journal or your book of shadows. And it's a great way to slow yourself down, connect with where you are now, focus on what's going on in your life, what changes you might want to make, what goals you'd like to set forth. This is a perfect time for that introspection to help you with your new beginning that's coming right around the corner. Start some seeds for your your garden, which 
I love my garden. So this is a great time to um, plant seeds. You can plant them in eggshells. If you've got grow lights, you can start your grow lights inside. Um, You can use a bay leaf. And I think I've talked about doing this before or a piece of paper and you write your wishes or goals or whatever on them. And rather than burning them, like I've told you about before, you can actually bury them beneath the seeds and to help bring that forth into in the seeds that are going to grow. Remember to practice gratitude and act as if the intention has already happened. Be positive, be creative. As your speed, as your seeds sprout, they are going to carry your hopes and intentions to fruition. That's magic, you guys, that I, I, you imbue these seeds with your intent as they grow. Remember to focus on your intentions every time you water them. You can talk to them if you want to. You can come up with a mantra to say to them every day and every time that you take care of them and water them. I actually have an orchid that I love, and um, I like to talk to it every day. I do a little bit of spray on on its flowers and talk to it. So it's also a good time to plan your garden, which may actually be a section of your book of shadows. You may have a a garden section for your book of shadows. It's good to, to, this is a good time to lay out your plans for what you're going to do. My husband and I have a garden and we actually have raised beds in our backyard and we have to rotate the seeds because of the different pests that Uh, become used to different crops. And so this is a great time for us to sit down and say, well, what do we want to grow this year? What seeds do we need to order? Make candles to celebrate the returning light. Pre-spring clean. This is one that Rin would love to do. She, that girl, my Lord, she loves to clean like nobody I've ever seen before. So that's what I've got for this episode. We were hoping that she might could join us for this one, but she just couldn't do it. Um, So hopefully she'll join us soon. And thank you for listening. You can find us at our website, www.c3witchypodcast.com. From there, you can find us anywhere. You can email us. You can actually listen to the podcast on our website. You can get to all of our social media. We're on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all at C3 Witchy Podcast. You can also find a link to our Patreon, which will allow you to support us. We can't make this podcast without your help. So please click on that link and support us. If you want another way to help us, tell your friends about us. Retweet our tweets. Uh, Leave us a review. That would be awesome. So thank you to our existing patrons. We love you guys. And hopefully Ren will be back soon. And either way, I'll be back. Mm-hmm.